0: Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation.
1: Thank you for joining us for Alabama AgCast. This is Carla Hornady, Director of Cotton, Soybeans, and Wheat and Feed Grains for the Alabama Farmers Federation. Today we are talking with Adam Rabinowitz, assistant professor and extension economist with Auburn University. He is also the ACES Farm and Agribusiness Management Team coordinator. Thank you for joining us today, Adam.
0: Thank you, Carla. Happy to be here.
1: This past summer you arrived in Alabama to work with Auburn University and the Alabama Cooperative Extension System. Tell us a little bit about your background.
0: Sure. I'm really excited to to be here in Alabama and with Auburn University. Um, Before this, I spent the last four years at the University of Georgia on the Tifton campus. Um, I was focused a a lot on peanuts and other row crops down there. And uh, from there though, I actually started at the University of Connecticut. Um, So my background actually is from the Northeast and I got my PhD in agricultural economics from the University of Connecticut. Uh, before I was a faculty member as well, there, focused uh, more on the dairy industry. Then I came down south to Georgia for four years before now coming over to Alabama. I'm really excited to be here as part of this team.
1: Well, we're excited to have you. Um, what will you be focusing on in your position as an assistant professor and extension economist?
0: So my, my focus is going to be more subject matter based rather than commodities. So I'll be spanning all different commodities, whether that be row crops, livestock, specialty crops and such, uh, I'll be focused in the production area policy and in general risk management um, on the production side. I generally support a lot of the other researchers at Auburn university to try to put some economics to what they're doing on some of their field work for production. Um, whether it be cost-benefit analysis, return on investment, looking at profitability and new methods or technologies. Um, I like to form a foundation, though, in policy and do a lot of policy education and economic impact as well. Um, I can tell you a couple of areas that I'm working in right now is are in farm bankruptcies, looking at the ability to maintain land ownership through bankruptcy and also to understand Um, why there are so many bankruptcy filings in the Southeast relative to the rest of the nation. Um, But I also do a lot of work on the marketing side because I have a lot of marketing experience from my time in in Connecticut in particular. Um, And so right now I'm part of a a multi-state effort uh, with the University of Georgia, University of Kentucky and University of Delaware uh, looking at hemp marketing uh, to estimate consumer demand and and preferences for hemp-based products. Uh, so it's a nice collaboration. USDA funded grant will be doing consumer surveys over the next few years in that area.
1: All right. Well, 2020 has been a wild year for everyone. As we mentioned earlier, you arrived um, in Alabama this summer and we haven't even had the opportunity to meet except for the resume or telephone calls. So as we know, this has been a wild year. How has this um, impacted agriculture sector? And, you know, what you know, impacts have you seen in the short time you've been here?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, it, it has been very wild of a year for to be moving in particular, uh, selling a house, the transition. But then, just like you said, we haven't even had a chance to meet in person. I just met somebody last week that you know was like, oh, you are actually you know in person, live after seeing that person on Zoom for five months. Um, it's definitely a new environment. But agriculture too has seen this. a number of impacts um, from you know the initial shock of the pandemic when everything started to close down in in different areas, and we saw these shifts from, uh, you know, people who were eating away from home to now eating at home because restaurants were closing, large institutions that were closing that resulted also in, in different product needs and challenges on the supply chain as a result. We saw plant closures in different areas due to health and safety. Uh, We've seen decline in in driving and ethanol production. We even saw trade shipping delays and some slowdown on trade, but that's picked up as well. Uh, There are some areas that have actually increased a little bit in terms of their production and opportunities, Um, but then there were also others that that saw more challenges. Um, Some of the commodity prices, we saw very big drops right away, only to to rebound now to six-year high prices that we're seeing at the present moment. So it's very different for different farm sectors. Uh, There are some sectors that needed more PPE equipment, had higher cost of production as a result of keeping workers' safety. Um, Also new distribution methods or different marketing channels about farmers' markets that may have closed and the ability to move product that may have been going to an institution now needing to go more direct to consumer. Um, So very different impacts um, through different sectors. And, you know, I think we're, we're still not at a full recovery and there's still a lot of uncertainty moving into 2021 in terms of what's going to happen with, uh, you know, with the pandemic and, and the spread of um, the virus, even though we do have a vaccine coming.
1: All right. And there have been reports of net farm income increasing throughout the country. What is driving that increase and what's happening here in Alabama?
0: Yes, we so we do see these reports of net farm income from, in particular from the USDA that, ha, that are increasing throughout the country and, and what's really focused on that is the government payments that have come out in particular in the last few years. We've seen dips over the last 5-6 years in general in terms of prices for a lot of commodities and in particular when the trade issues started a, a few years ago. Uh, we started to see responses to to help support and, and provide um, you know, compensation essentially for those losses in those markets for farmers. And so those government payments through the market facilitation program um, have now turned into some government payments with respect to uh, coronavirus food assistance program. Really trying to help farmers recuperate some of the losses, market losses as a result of inabilities to market their products or lower prices from the pandemic. Um, it's interesting though, as I look at net farm income throughout the country and also in Alabama, I, I do actually see a little bit of a different trend here in, in the state, um, while there was a little bit more of an increase over the 2017 to 2019 period throughout the rest of the nation, Alabama still trended a little bit lower in terms of net farm income. Um, but the same trend in terms of a higher percentage of that coming from government payments uh, is something that is a little bit of a concern throughout the nation. Uh, so we have to think about what's going to happen in terms of prices. We see prices increasing recently, uh, as I mentioned, near six year highs right now. And that's certainly a good sign. And that'll uh, take away the need for those government payments in the future. but. What's going to happen when prices fall again, if they fall again, when they fall again, um, I think is the bigger concern, because as I talk about some of these programs, the majority of those programs have been ad hoc programs, as opposed to programs that are just kind of founded in, in permanent law.
1: All right. And looking to 2021, we're all hoping this will be a better year, but what are some of the major agricultural policy issues you expect we might see in 2021?
0: Yeah, I think 2021 is clearly going to be a year of of recovery. It's it's going to be a continued, probably slow recovery. Um, We've seen gross domestic product, not just in the U.S., but throughout the world, that growth um, decline and so clearly we're, we're in a global recessionary period um, and policy is, is going to be very important. We have a new administration that's coming into Washington DC, um, but there are existing issues that really need to still be addressed. Um, trade has been a big issue over the last four years. And you know, while there are some that have been worked out, there are still many agreements that were not complete. Or if we talk about China, um we're we're really just at the start of that china and the u.s signed this phase one agreement at the beginning of 2020 and that was only the last for two years so there really needs to be an emphasis to to sort of figure out a longer term solution in that area the other thing again because we do have a new administration and so new parties in control we are going to see some other issues around climate change and sustainable agriculture playing a role and and You know, the COVID-19 responses is is the other, I'll say wild card in the factor, Um, not just from the standpoint of how much of the current pandemic affects agriculture moving into 2021, but also what we learned from uh, what happened during 2020. And that in particular uh, identified a number of issues with supply chains. Uh, for beef cattle in particular, where there's clearly now a need to look at some of the risk management strategies, look at some of the processing concerns and and the concentration of processing in the Midwest um, and where cattle are being shipped and and how that market is functioning. So I think we're going to see a lot of response in that area. And of course, it's also time to start talking about the next farm bill. (laughs) So... There's always a lot of a lot of interesting policy issues that'll that'll come about, and 2021 is going to be a big year for that.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you taking time to to join us on Alabama AgCast, and I hope that we can meet and introduce you to our um, farmers soon.
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody out in the state, and uh, it was a pleasure talking with you today.
2: It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. And
0: now, your weekly Ag Cash
2: Wrap-Up. Hey guys, this is Hunter McBrayer, Greenhouse Nursery and Sod Division Director here at the Alabama Farmers Federation. If you're like me, you may be asking yourself one of three questions. One, how did I gain this much weight? Two, who needs this ugly sweater that my mother-in-law gave me? And three, how do I get rid of this real Christmas tree? I can't give you a whole lot of help on the first two, but I can share a few tips on getting rid of that fresh-cut tree that you've had in the house for over a month now. First and foremost, and I share this from experience, go ahead and start taking that tree down sooner rather than later. The longer you wait to remove the tree, the more likely you are to make a bigger mess with the needles and it'll make you a little less excited to get a real tree next year. Be sure, as you take it down, to remove all of the ornaments, the decorations, and any of the lights before taking that tree out of the house. Next, you get to decide what you're actually going to do with it. It's not recommended to burn the tree in a fireplace or a stove as it can lead to a buildup of creosote in chimneys and increase the risk of a house fire. Many municipalities offer curbside pickup of trees where they'll chip it or grind it up into mulch or compost for next spring and gardeners can go and get truckloads of it. However, our friends in rural Alabama don't really have some of those options, so there are a few other things that you can do to recycle or upcycle that tree. If you're interested in composting it, go ahead and chop the branches up into really small pieces and add it into your compost pile. The needles can serve as a good source of nitrogen for your compost and it'll break down really quick. That thicker trunk can also be composted, but it'll take a while unless you have a way to chip it up or grind it up to get it down into smaller pieces. Lastly, many people consider the tree to be the gift that keeps on giving. Biologists recommend adding some weight and sinking the trees in lakes or ponds to serve as fish habitat. The structure can attract many small fish, which any fisherman knows will then attract our larger sport fish. Keep track of all these structures and you'll know exactly where to throw a worm or a spinnerbait come springtime. The trees will break down quickly and will only last a few years underwater, so don't hesitate to add a few each year to your lake or pond. That's all for this week's wrap-up.
0: Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama Ag Credit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely
1: conversation from Alabama AgCast.